Warning, this podcast contains depictions of violence and foul language and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, guys and ghouls. It's your favorite ghoul friend, Ghoulia. I know it's been a little while since we've told you some stories, but I hope you didn't get too lonely. You're kidding, right? It's been literally like five minutes for them. That's like five years in ghost time. Join me on the astral plane. See how long you last. I thought time was supposed to pass faster for ghosts. Okay, that's a Hollywood misconception that I will resent until the end of time. (sighs) Don't mind Marina, listeners. She's not one for prolonged solitude. It gives her too much time to reflect on her afterlife. Which reminds me of a story I heard once about a vengeful ghost. I think her name was Lola. Welcome to Hotel Gran Vista. How may I help you today? Oh, thank God. I wasn't sure if you would speak English. Oh, please keep your mask on, sir. And this is Mexico City, so you'll... you'll be fine. How can I help you? Uh, right. Sorry. I'm checking in. Michael Reese? Señor Reese. Oh. You're in room 2022. Is that bad? No, no, it shouldn't be. I'm sure you'll be as comfortable as you deserve in there. Ah, okay. (laughs) I can show you the way. Val? Val? There's another anti-masker in the pool hall. Can you, you know, handle it? It's above my pay grade. Ugh, okay, I'll be right there. Sorry, if you wait here, I can show you. No, no, I I can find my way. Gracias. My pleasure. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I just got to my room. Awesome, buddy. So, yeah, the deal is we got to hole up in our rooms for the full two weeks. I mean, I get that. But I was thinking of heading down to the location and... No, no, no. I get that you're eager. We gotta do it by the book. I know you're not used to it, but this is a legit set, you know? Yeah, no, I totally understand. I mean, I did bring plenty of masks, but gotta follow the rules. I am really grateful for the chance. Just thank me when you win that cinematographer Oscar one day. Tom Hannity gave me my first shot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, no leaving the room. If you need food, just order room service and put it on my tab. I'll email you later with some swatches I came up with. Sounds great. Oh, shit. Is that the time? God, it's hot. Michael climbs out of bed and searches for the thermostat. He clicks it on high. 
He stands near the opened air vent and lets the cool air hit his face. <sighs> Hi, I wanted to order dinner. I, um, what do you have? I, I don't see a menu. Oh, um, one sec. Let me find it. Sir, are you okay? Um, yes, sorry. There was a, a spider in the drawer. I'll just take a hamburger plate. You got it, sir. Um, and can you make sure it's medium? Your, your cook will know what that means. I can't stand it any other way. I hope that's not asking too much. Okay. Did you get that? Yes, sir. I heard that. Would you like any condiments? Oh, sure. Uh, ketchup. <laughs> that was definitely not medium, and you'd think they would have added salt or something for flavor- Sir, please don't yell at me. A commotion brews outside. Look! I paid good money to stay here! I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Sir, it's hotel policy that while you're out in common areas, all guests must wear masks and all our staff must enforce it. I want them fired. Sir, I can't fire them for simply following the rules. Why did you even come up here if you weren't going to do anything? I've never... <sighs> Are you okay? All in a day's work. Some people just feel entitled, I guess. Have a good night, sir. Oh, um, I have my plate. My empty plate. Would you take it? Or do I just leave it by the door? Val's jaw tightens, but she lets it go and smiles. Hmm. Ah, I can take it since I'm here. I, I can just leave it. It's fine. Did you enjoy your meal? Um, it was okay. Honestly, it was kind of bland. That's odd. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's fine. Who orders a burger in Mexico, right? Sure. Oof, oof. Oof, it's cold out here in the hallway, huh? Sir, are you feeling okay? You sounded shaken on the phone. Oh, yeah, no, uh... That was just my imagination, I think. Cabin fever or something. <laughs> <laughs> or something. This statement unsettles Michael. <clears throat> so, my plate? You know what? Go ahead and leave it outside. Someone will be by later to grab it. Good night, sir. That wasn't rude, right? I mean, it's her job. Okay. Let's see what they got on the tube here. Hopefully something I can understand. Oh, come on. Michael. The voice comes from inside the TV. Michael leans in. Hello? Oh, shit! Michael falls back onto the bed. 
the hell was that? Come on, Michael. Cabin fever on day one? In the reflection of the glass, Michael sees the rotting corpse of Lola laying next to him in bed, watching him, smiling. Michael jumps off the bed and knocks over a lamp. Lola disappears. What? Hello? Hey, ah! shut the hell up in there! Uh, sorry. It was, it was just, just my head. <sighs> the next day, Michael stops his alarm. He sits up in his chair and rubs his sore neck. He didn't intend to sleep in bed, but something in his gut told him to stay put. Deep, dark circles surround his eyes. He stares at the empty bed. It was just a dream. A nightmare. All in my head. Michael opens his laptop. A shadow appears in the window. It doesn't move. Hello? I, I think you have the wrong room. Michael creeps to the window. Come on, Michael. Don't be a bitch. He braces himself. All right, who's there? Michael scans outside. The shadow is gone. <sighs> Must be some punk kids. He settles back into his chair. <sighs> Michael freezes. He stares at the window and begins to approach. When... Ah. Shit. Hello? Hey, it's me. Just checking in. How's it going? Um, it's, it's, it's fine. You sure? You kind of sound like shit. Yeah, no, I... Someone kept coughing all night, like, a lot. I think one of the neighbors, but it sounded like it was in the room. Huh. Must be the vents. But see, that's why you gotta be careful. Anyways, I sent you some emails. Check them out. Yeah. Okay. Michael stares at the air vent in his room. He remembers his angry neighbor, and he uses his chair to stand on. He closes the vent tight. Michael! <gasps> Michael stares at the shadow of the dead girl just on the other side of the shower curtain. The tub slowly begins to fill with water. Who... who are you? Lola tilts her head to the side. The jerking movement frightens Michael. Oh god. Oh god. They called me so many things. But he called me Lola. Who? Who? 
the last man who paid. <coughs> paid for you? Yes. Michael adjusts himself anxiously, cold and naked. He was careful not to spook the dead girl. Maybe he can help her. Yes. That's it. So you were... He came here. Like so many others. And he was sick. The bathroom lights flicker as a cold chill runs up Michael's spine. He's suddenly aware of the full tub. Lola? Lola? anything strange? He seemed off, but I mean, strange doesn't get you sent home. These assholes could slap one of us across the face and we'd have to apologize to them. It did seem like he was sick, though. He was losing his taste. Tourists. Hey, isn't this that cuarto we found that puta muerta in? You mean the sex trafficking victim? See. Si. And you let people stay here? Business is business, as the owners say. They won't even let us ask a customer if they're ill. Well, I wouldn't want to stay in that room. What if she's still there? Then I imagine she'd be very, very angry. Well, looks like Lola got her revenge after all. And good for her. I could only aspire to be half as vengeful a haunter one day. Lola is straight up death goals in the afterlife, ask anyone. Wow, that's great, Marina. I think it's good to have role models, living, dead, or undead. My thoughts exactly. I'm striving to become savage enough to work for a willow. Like a tree? What's so scary about willow trees? Well, why don't I share a story that will help you understand? It's a tale about a young boy named Henry.
Now I told you. Three whacks with the hand broom if I caught you running up on that farm, didn't I? Yes, Mama. Don't give me that, Royce. I know what I'm doing. I think. Mama said that was all because I carved my name. Well, half my name. On, uh, Mr. Henderson's willow tree at the edge of town. Now, I've seen boys cough worse than that. Bad words. Real bad. But I was the one that got caught. I can barely feel my backside anymore. Mama wasn't mostly mad that I was carving, you see. Just mad because a lot of boys been missing lately. First was Andy Willers. He disappeared about a month ago. Good Lord. I hope they find that boy. But I think I've seen him. And I understand how the brain works. A little. It gets mushy, Mama said. When you're too tired, or you didn't eat enough, or just work too hard on something. But I wasn't mushy. I know what I saw. I saw Andy Willers right there in my room with half his head missing. Why? I don't rightly know. But I remember wetting myself and screaming. Mama let me stay home from school that day, but scolded me for making up such horrible stories. I knew I hadn't, and I know what I saw. And I wasn't going to argue with her. So lately, I've been falling asleep with all the lights on, which was working pretty well, till this tap on the shoulder sent me flying against the wall. <gasps> there, three of them stood, side by side. Andy, with his head out of sorts. Mike Fuller, with no nose, no mouth, just a big hole. And Ferris Stunt no arms. I'm not mushy, I said over and over and over, and I closed my eyes shut tight, and I opened them again, but they were still there. I was alone, trapped in my room with these dead boys. At least I think they're dead, but I can't be sure with them walking around, so... I hush Royce as Andy motions for me to come. Andy comes closer, and his eyes get all big. He motions faster and looks at my clock. Andy stands closer to me. Man, he smells so bad. But I still follow him. Mama is dead asleep, 
So I take the stairs as slow as I know how, hoping to wake her, to stop this. We reach the bottom and I know there's no going back now. I turn the lock and knob and say goodbye to Royce at the top of the stairs. We're walking for what feels like forever and I'm cold and wet. Now I smell real bad too. Coming up over the edge of the hill, I see that we're at the back of Mr. Henderson's farm with that monster of a willow tree sticking straight up into the sky. The first scarecrow I see looks lumpy and leans to the side. There's stunt, or what's left of him, heads towards the scarecrow. sort of whisper shout for him. Andy places his ice cold hand on my shoulder and I jump. <gasps> he puts his finger to his lips. Mike Fuller takes a sharp left turn and stops to stare at me and Andy. The shock of his face sends my stomach lurching and I lose all my supper. Mike heads through the corn to the other scarecrow. Andy and I walk in silence. We come upon the last scarecrow and Andy stands for a bit before he points to the window in Mr. Henderson's house. The light is on in what looks like the kitchen and Mr. Henderson is crying harder than I've ever seen anyone. Andy shoves me forward and points to the house again. Then he disappears into the corn. Before I got my wits, I'm standing right outside Mr. Henderson's house. And I knock. He runs to the front of the house to let me in. I stumble up the steps and he hushes me, yanking me in. Drags me to the kitchen, looking out the window every now and again. They came for you, didn't they? Yes. All three of them. Are they dead? Yes. You kill them? No, no, I did not. She did. That old girl right there. The willow tree? The very same. Why? Well, I was going to cut her down, but the moment I put the saw blade to her, she shrieked like nothing I'd ever heard. And I felt it in my chest. It gave me a heart attack, so I tried to be gracious to her, plant flowers around her, read to her. And then she was silent again. And then the boys came, and they cut into her flesh. Her screams too high for them to hear her. So she cut him? Yes. And the scarecrows to hide him. <sighs> You have to finish it! What? 
You see, you, you have to finish your name or, or they'll keep coming. People will know what she's done and, and she'll come for me again. What you've done. <gasps> I'm not mushy. I'm not mushy. And trees don't kill little boys. Crazy old men do. His hand is on my throat from behind. And he shoves the butter knife into my hand. Please finish it! He shoves me. And I run to her and fight through the branches. To the trunk. I see the edges of the boys strangely glowing. And off center of theirs is mine. My half name. I kneel beside it and I know what I'm supposed to do. And I think of Andy and Mike and Ferris and I know it's got to be so hard to be dead. They must be so lonely. Lonely enough to get me. Me. I start to carve solid after the end and I'm ripping through and I hear small moans and then high shrieks. I look back at Mr. Henderson and he's bent over like he's gonna run at me and his teeth are barren like a dog. I cut harder a few more strokes and then I'm done. I drop the knife and I stand back. H E N D E R S O N I start to run home faster than I ever have before. I shake my mama. I tell her everything. A lot of local boys down missing over there. That tree over there, they're carving into the tree, and in my head, they just wanted to be like those other boys. Several policemen and the coroner are on Mr. Henderson's farm wheeling out bodies covered in white sheets. Few men and cherry pickers are helping to cut down Mr. Henderson. All these willow branches wrapped around his neck. But he's 50 feet up. Some folks said there were branches running all through him like wire tangle and through his face like a mask. We moved that summer to a town upstate. It's real nice. I love everything about the house. Except for the willow tree on the edge of the yard. That's why I want to work for a willow one day. 
Wow. Well, I'll definitely be giving the willow tree in my yard some extra TLC from now on. Just be careful with the grooming. They're very tender-rooted. Of course. Well, listeners, it looks like we've kept you company for long enough today. Tune in next time for more from your favorite ghoul friend, Ghoulia. And Marina Longdead, your spectral punk. And remember, just because you're by yourself doesn't mean you're truly alone. Bad Feeling Horror Podcast is an original production of the Ride or Die Chicks. Lola was written, directed, produced, and edited by Deanna M. Gomez. Henry was written by Mo Machadi and directed, produced, and edited by Mercedes K. Milner. Additional music and sound effects used in this episode are from Zapsplat. Our original theme music is by Christopher Adrian. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a bad feeling horror podcast and abf horror pod underscore official thanks for listening <laughs>